0: This episode is brought to you by the Boardman Review, the Workshop Brewing Company, and Tilt Think Improv. Tilt Think Improv is leading group play and games online to remote teams to enhance teams' engagement, community, and gosh darn fun factor. If your team is meeting online and need to mix it up, contact Tilt Think Improv at tiltthink.com.
1: Hello and welcome to The Improverbial, a podcast where we unearth obscure sayings and phrases from around the world, invent absurd new proverbs, and talk about things mundane, spurious, irrelevant, and profound. I am the capitalist, Pete Kirkwood.
0: And I'm Lucitha Thauvet, the Tilt Thinker. I've been doing and coaching improv for many years. Pete and I have been doing improv together for some of those years. This podcast is a mashup of Pete's interest in the science of well-being, my background in education and human development our shared fascination with the world's idiomatic weirdness and our superpowers in improv comedy we are the improv verbalizers woohoo yeah
1: Great to be back in the studio with you.
0: It is nice. We we got to do some really fun things that were a little bit different, including a festival. Mm-hmm. And we had a guest. And um, mm-hmm. it's just little you and me without all the fancy cameras. I know.
1: Back to basics.
0: Back to basics. And we've got a great proverb. It is let sleeping dogs lie. So what does this mean? Well, I think um, we are familiar with this one. It's a relatively common one. It's about avoiding to interfere in a situation that is currently causing no problems. If there's no problem, um, another common uh, proverb might be uh, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leave well
1: enough alone. Don't kick a hornet's nest.
0: Don't kick a hornet's nest. That's right. Yeah. So all of those are saying that basically the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what did you find about the origin? Well, it's first
1: good, good advice, I think, you know, by much. <laughs> it's good advice. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, even a nice dog. Uh, suddenly awakened might lash out a nasty dog even more so mm-hmm. right so it's, it's pretty, pretty intuitive I think that the first time this was discovered in writing was um was the illustrious Geoffrey Chaucer in Troilus and Cressida 1380 1380 is a long time ago a long, this one's and a very
0: old proverb <clears throat> I'm going to give you a quote
1: in middle English
0: okay I'm ready uh,
1: it is not good a sleeping hound to wake
0: was mm-hmm. what uh, what
1: appeared in that Chaucer's work So from that, we now have let sleeping dogs lie.
0: I was, I found something similar on that. And then looks like the, like its current version of the saying, how we say it, um, in 1822 in the London magazine, there's a quote, let sleeping dogs lie said the daft man when he saw the dead hound before him.
1: You know, I saw, I found that quote too. And interestingly enough, in that case, hound was referring to a sailing ship.
0: Uh-huh. Believe it or not. Okay. This is which is a
1: funny little wrinkle. I think that there certain kind of ships might have been called hounds, or maybe it was the name of that particular ship. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: So but, what? So that's <clears> saying <throat> there's a daft man. So I'm assuming someone who's not very bright.
1: They or crazy. Or yeah.
0: crazy. And he saw. It says the dead hound. So like this. It's weird. Like this maybe a
1: ship was foundering, was, or is, or yeah. maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. But in any case, yeah. He said hound. We means dog. Kind of dog. So. Let sleeping dogs lie,
0: and then famously, uh, David Copperfield, Charles Dickens, author in 1850, let sleeping dogs lie. Who wants to rouse them?
1: Not me. The quote.
0: not me. So this has gone back far, far in history.
1: Did, what we, what did kind this of lead? thoughts?
0: What kind of uh, general thoughts did you have on this? Did you do some research? Well, I
1: started thinking about like waking up suddenly. Uh huh. Um, you know, most people had that experience where you suddenly like. You like laying there, and all of a sudden, there's a big twitch. You feel mm-hmm. like you fell off of,
0: a, yeah. like you were hovering Falling above the bed, and you or, fell.
1: It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, it's called a myoclonic jerk, okay. which I'm gonna like. That's my next insult. I'm be like, you myoclonic jerk.
0: You myoclonic thought, yeah. jerk. Yeah.
1: Um. So well, apparently, when you're in dreams, you 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 enter this like paralytic state where your body is paralyzed because if you acted out your all your dreams, like it would be a big mess. You like, it'd be impossible, <laughs> impossible to sleep with you. Um, so, so, you know, lash out all over the place, but if you're awake suddenly that, that transition from paralysis to, to like being able to move can be like jerky. Um, <clears throat> so that's the myoclonic jerk. Um, and sometimes it happens spontaneously. Sometimes if someone tries to wake you up, there's like a sudden start, you know, I know I get that. If I get woken up from a sleep, I'm like, boom, mm-hmm. I do I like suddenly move. Um, but that got me to thinking about like sleepwalking and waking and that whole thing that you're not supposed to wake up a sleepwalker you know, like don't, they'll die or something, <laughs> Exactly. Right? You, know? you wake
0: them up, they'll be in that state forever. Yeah. Right. They'll and their you. face
1: will never, no. Um, so that's not actually true. However, it, it, the grain of truth comes from that. It's difficult to wake up a sleepwalker and when, and if you do succeed, they tend to be like really disoriented and it can be kind of hard for them and it can cause like higher blood pressure and stress mm, and stuff like that. Okay. So the the advice from that I found on the internet was uh, you should just really try to guide them back to their bed and T- you know, turn them, turn it back them in. in. Yeah. tuck, tuck, <laughs> Sing them a little, <laughs> little song, and, like stroke their hair and tell them everything's going to be all right. Um, yeah. But like, I don't think you should walk up to sleepwalk and like shake them, you know, like, wake up, wake slap up. them across the yeah, face. Yeah. Anyway, that's Make me much- a
0: sandwich while you're in there. <laughs> in the fridge.
1: That's pretty much my, what I, yeah. yeah. Where did you, where did you cool. go with
0: this? I, let me just ask you though. Have you. Have you ever encountered a sleepwalker? Like, have you seen sleepwalkers or someone in your family or yourself?
1: Yeah. uh, I evidently I have done a little sleepwalking in my time, but my son is, my son is quite an avid sleepwalker. (laughs) Uh, One time he, oh man, it was winter in Northern Michigan and he climbed out the window, What? shut the window. And he's like, he he says, once he shuts the, he shut the window when it latched, that's when he woke up and he was like, (gasps) (laughs) and so it was middle of the night. He had to like climb, it's a light well okay. in his room. He had to like climb up out of the light well, go around to the, to the bed. Like, I'm not going to tell everyone where we hide the key, but he <laughs> went and found the key and got himself back in again. But he's a little guy, you know, it was cold out. Um, oh so that's uh, like the thing you kind of worry about.
0: Yeah, Is, is my child still going to be there in the morning? Yeah.
1: Like, it, we're really like fuck him frozen in the yard. Be, <laughs> From a I have to think about that. It Um, but don't wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have woken him up. Um, Yeah, so yeah, yeah, a little experience. I don't have
0: a lot of experience with myself being a sleepwalker nor anybody in my family. So it's kind of for me. I
1: know how boring.
0: (laughs) Like it's for me, it's like a... Oh, I don't know. It's like a, um, like quicksand, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's in the movies or it's something. Like I, I've never experienced yeah. it myself, yeah. but
1: they, yeah. And they, they all walk with their hands out in front <laughs> like of them.
0: Exactly. The back flap of their pajama bottoms are open. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine it. Very right? yeah. cartoonish.
1: Yeah, your family, yeah. I'd like to see yeah, your family's pajamas.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was thinking about these dogs sleeping And, you know, you talked about like flailing around, you know, I think we've all experienced watching a dog sleep and they're flailing around and you, and it's like, Oh, do dogs dream? It's like any logical person would say, yes, dogs dream. Absolutely. They're doing little mini barks. They're they're chasing, their noses are like, their noses are sniffing things. And so, yeah, this idea that dogs dream, um, you know, uh, common knowledge would say they do dream. Now the science community also confers with that. Although it was interesting. They say there's less scientific research on that than you would think. Uh Um, So there's not a lot of conclusive things, but this is some of the theories out there that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, So dreams are associated with, REM. So a rapid eye movement, not the band. And um, that is the stage of when you're in sleep Uh is the the rapid eye movement. And they say all placental (coughs) animals enter REM. So presumably they're dreaming. So if humans are in REM, we are dreaming. And so they're assuming that's what happening with animals as well. Um, Now um, what's interesting, uh, for example, horses, they enter REM um, up to th- for 35 minutes at a time. And they say that's one of the longer animal REMs out there because it's actually very dangerous for animals to be in that state. Because like you talked about, whether it's paralysis or just their unawareness of they're their like, surroundings, they're
1: sitting up their their lunch.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Not really a
1: horse. That would be like, that would be more than a lunch. It would be a, a pretty big banquet. But.
0: If you're in France, you know, it's yeah. quite, it's a whole banquet or yeah. several meals.
1: Uh-huh. Or <laughs> French people sle- sneaking up on sleeping horses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, an R- John. he's an
0: REM. <laughs> Get out the platter. So, um, but they do say mammals that are placental animals. We'll just uh-huh. say mammals in this case. Um, prey species. So species that are usually prey and uh-huh. horses are not usually right prey. No. but prey species, they have much less state of REM. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have very short dreams if they have dreams. So like a squirrel's probably like, oh there's a nut, oh I'm awake. You know, like, who knows what <laughs> squirrel dream? <laughs> a squirrel a squirrel dream. Yeah. Um the other thing that was pretty interesting is um So dreaming is linked to the process of learning, right? Uh And so we know that. So as an educator, it's like yes, kids need to get lots of sleep because that's part of their growth, and not only just physically their brain, but that's when they're processing things as well. When we want to sit on a problem, some people think that sleep is
1: like the is critical. It's like that's where the sorting out happens, right? All the sorting out that
0: exactly. So they talk about with animals. So animals whose behavior patterns are fully imprinted. So go back to that squirrel. Mm-hmm. They don't need to learn how to find the nut. They're not. Their mom's sure. not showing them. Yeah, it's really that just happens. They have very little REM, so they have less dreaming that's needed. <coughs> but animals that are taught by their parents, yeah, culture um, almost
1: like animals would have culture of some kind. Exactly you know? where
0: they need to learn, learn their skills. Things. Yeah, have longer REM, mm-hmm. so have probably more dreams and are able to process their learning.
1: There seems so, to be like a correlation between like the volume of data that you have to kind of sort through and categorize and recapitulate
0: mm-hmm. and the amount
1: of REM sleep you need.
0: Yeah. And it gets uh-huh. into that dream state.
1: Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, humans, I think like humans will die in a really short amount of time if they can't sleep, if they're prevented uh, from sleeping. Yeah. I like think sleep you, like, deprivation. I mean, form
0: of torture, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's some studies on need, that. Like, I
1: recently saw this incredible image of, whales sleeping oh tell Debbie, me about it's it so amazing yeah. so a whole bunch of whales this this incredible photograph I saw um of these whales suspended with the tails up and the heads down and like a dozen of them all hanging like grotesque chandeliers in at the same level of the ocean like they're at the same depth this murky twilight and these giant sort of torpedo shaped whales hanging in the in the sea. Really? So cool. It's so cool.
0: And of course they need air, so they just they kind of do that. In for order to, um
1: I remember that the photograph was taken by a Frenchman, I think though. Oh, and I was wondering if he was thinking maybe
0: mm, delicious. know, clever. Well, I, yeah. I, I also speaking of marine animals sleeping, I saw a photo of or a video of walruses sleeping in the water and they actually can capture, um, like an air bubble in their esophagus, which keeps them afloat so they can sleep. And and so they're just like kind of like bobbing. There. They're just, as you t- described, like they're vertical, but the head That's is amazing. out of the water. Their eyes are closed and they're just kind of bobbing there with the surf asleep with, with floating. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. I, speaking of marine animals and, uh, and air bubbles and stuff, the, the uh, Sharks, right? They they can't really sleep in the way that we think of sleeping because do you, sharks are what they call ram ventilators. Have you ever heard of that? No. This is like I love that, that ram I just ventilator. Like name a band that or something. But that means is the the way they breathe is not by forcing water over the gills, but by forcing their gills through the water. They have yeah. to push their body through the water and let the water flow past them in order to breathe. So, like a shark must always either be in motion or be uh, motionless with a current flowing past them. So they can't stop swimming like ever
0: wow. Isn't that weird? Otherwise they, they're not getting, that's how they breathe. Yeah. And they also don't have eyelids, I think. So they're they're not shutting their eyes. So man,
1: they can't like do that fake eyelash thing. That's so popular right now.
0: No, they can't do that. They can't flirt with their eyelashes Mm -mm. as well as, um, so I, I was thinking, tell me if this is a great idea or not, (laughs) like to get them like those, like eye coverings, like for speaking of fashion, like like a bank, like one of those bankers from an
1: old 18, you know, like 19th century movie.
0: No, like, you know, like uh, getting your beauty sleep and you put on the silk (sighs) little, It's like a blindfold. blindfold. A little blindfold for them. Do you think there'd be a market for that?
1: Well, see, the blindfold has to go around the back of the head, and the sharks, that's like flat up there. Okay. It would have, maybe they can hook so it over their dorsal engineering fin. Engineering is their going dorsal to be the,
0: the engineering of yeah, it is the obstacle. I it's otherwise, it's otherwise, I fantastic. think it's a winner.
1: Where do, where do I invest?
0: <laughs> Just send your, send all your cash over to me, Pete. Um, <laughs> what kind of big picture ideas did you get? From
1: oh, this? so <clears throat> when I was thinking about like, do you wake a sleepwalker? I was thinking about, um, it, and this question of, is it like, is it better to leave well enough alone? Like that's what, that's what, um, this proverb would suggest is like, if things are fine, leave them alone. And that got me to thinking about, is it better to like, um, f- is it better leave it well enough alone? Or is it better to face your problems and like confront issues? So there's these, there's these concepts in, in, uh, the positive psychology uh, called satisficing and optimizing. Um, and satisfying is like just telling your, teaching yourself to be satisfied with the way the world is, um, and learning happiness. Uh, it's almost like a sort of a Zen, a little bit of a Buddhist idea mm-hmm. that like, be satisfied with what you have rather than always looking for more because recognizing that looking for more is, is a sort of futile, futile, because once you have it, you'll still want more. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's this other side of it. It's optimizing. It's always trying to make things better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I struggle with. Like, um, Mm -hmm. because then there's this concept from popular culture, like, are you a quitter? Are you a sitter? You know, like in a relationship that's not working, do you tend to, invest more and work through it or do you tend to just cut your losses and leave <clears throat> and I feel like in my my own I tend to be a sitter I tend to stick th- with things and work my way through um and I think that also is consistent with my own being a, a bit of a satisficer I I I l- like to cultivate the sense of good enough and contentment with what I have but you know how are we going to achieve big things if people are always Satisfying,
0: satisfying. I had not heard that exact uh, way of saying "satisfying." satisfied. It's a, it's a fancy way. Satisfying. Yeah. You know, my big picture thought is a little bit along the same lines. This idea, I, you know, I believe that humans have this inherent drive to change their environment to meet to meet their needs or to leave a legacy, mm-hmm. right? So, Pete, if you and I were stranded on an island somewhere, um, you know to meet our needs. Oh, there's a, there's some fresh water. Mm -hmm. You know, we could just go and like go on our hands and knees and lick up that water, (laughs) like a couple of dogs that we are, Uh but we probably at some point, you know, we'd cup it in our hands. At some point, we might find something that's hollowed out. We would, you know, we would start carving out the environment Um, to to make it even better, you know, just a little bit better, mm-hmm. just a little bit more easy. And it's kind okay. of like let sleeping dogs lie like, well, we could just do a hands and knees to get that water every time we would satisfy our thirst. But we just humans have this inherent thing to 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 manipulate the environment. And as um, in education and as in particular, a uh, Montessori is a form of education that I work with is It's always about the environment, the environment, and the environment. Mm -hmm, Um, And so that first day of school, these teachers make these gorgeous environments and make it like this perfect setting for children to learn. But we know that first day, those students, they walk in and they change the environment to all of their individual needs. And so we could say, hey, leave a sleeping dog lie. This environment's beautiful. Uh I've been crafting it all summer for you. It ain't broke. (laughs) But um, I think it's just a human's need. Like we need to manipulate our environment and change it. Um, And continue to experiment and tinker.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's that you're definitely right about that. There's like this uh, balance, but I think uh, what I was going to say is I think you have to find this balance because if you're always working on bettering and improving and stuff, you're going to go from like that little water pool to making a cup to making a urn. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon you're going to find yourself making giant stone heads on overlooking the ocean. And pretty soon you're going to wear out your entire environment. Yeah. Oh, we
0: need to cut down another tree to get the perfect goblet. And then, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we have this whole environmental discussion. So I agree with you. It's this balance.
1: And now comes that delightful moment when we turn to the Proverbitron and the Proverbitron uh, is kindly brought to us by our sustaining sponsor, the Boardman Review, Um, And as per natural human inclinations, it has been improved again since the last time.
0: Every time time. we cannot help ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. And this time it's powered entirely by sustainable um, energy sources, Great Lakes tide power. Not, not everyone knows that there's that the great lakes tide. rise and fall and, and we have some turbines connected to it that cause this that are able to it's only a tiny amount of energy is needed for the pervert. time
0: it's just yeah. dealing in words
1: it's just dealing in words okay so we're <laughs> gonna here we go from the first word ready yes here we go intergalactic intergalactic Ooh,
0: intergalactic oh my god that's two words and i love it all right <laughs> here we got the second word Vaults. Oh, you know, that's it. has got a couple vault. different meanings.
1: Vault. <laughs> vault. <laughs> the intergalactic vault. Yes. Intergalactic and vault. This what's cool about this is it, it reminds me of a great moment in um, cinematic history it was that first, it was really a lot of people consider it to be the first sci-fi film um, ever made. And it was called voyage beyond eternity. And this was uh, one of those early, early films about um, inter, you know, interstellar travel. Do you remember that? Remember that? that yeah, that
0: movie? I, of course I remember this. Is, I had a poster in my bedroom of Voyage Beyond Eternity. It, um, it starred um, Tim Allen and um, Meryl Streep.
1: That, and it was amazing how early their career started too. Yeah, like not that many people know that they were both child, child actors. Um, really, you know, they were, and that's because in the, you remember in the Voyage Beyond Eternity, it was like how they would age, you know, because they started the film. They had yes. to have these little tiny babies to start mm-hmm. the film. Um, and,
0: and I mean, it was one they they think that um, Richard Linklater was the first one to do that boy, like following that boy from the very early age up to like past like 18, 19. But really, Tim Allen and Meryl Streep, they started this movie when they were infants.
1: Yeah. And then then when, uh, you know, as, and later on the film, they they had amazing special effects for the time night, late 1930s,
0: 1930s, 1930s. it yeah. was amazing, incredible
1: that they made, it. but, um, so, you know, this, it was a, it was a story of intrigue and mm-hmm. a story of romance,
0: lots of romance, yeah, a and, lot of hanky pinky with Tamil and 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 swashbuckling. swashbuckling, but I mean, the, the, but with, in regards to our proverb, yeah. um, the safest place for secrets is in the interlactic called vol- vol- intergalactic yeah. vol- three, three words there inter <laughs> galactic which is vol- a prefix but yeah well uh, but that's the that is the crazy thing yeah. how it was spelled uh, in the proverb is always done as two different words well that's
1: also a little known fact because the script writer was actually um danish and mm-hmm. I, in, in his native language, it, inter, have the inter and galactic are always separated.
0: I think our audience kind of knows that, though. Pete.
1: Yeah, Hans Skidmark. Hans Skidmark yeah, yeah. was that famous gonna, Danish scriptwriter. He's going to
0: play into this telling of the story because he he was the uh, yeah he was the playwright. So he basically yeah, in, invented this. Yeah. Um, Invented this proverb. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us think of this as a futuristic, like it's a modern type of proverb. I mean, but it was from the early 1900s. Where Yeah, sure. From. This yeah. century,
1: no question about it. Um, and, you know, it was it w- also one of the earliest examples of what they call an Easter egg, where someone who creates mm-hmm. a thing will hide a thing inside of another thing, right? Yeah. Like oh, the creator and this guy Hans Skidmark. I,
0: I hope, no, I am I'm just want to say, right. I do not want to do a spoiler just in case nobody yeah. has seen That's Voyage true. Beyond Eternity. Yeah. So if you have not seen it, please turn it off now. Yeah. Otherwise, please enjoy us explaining these well, Easter yeah.
1: eggs. Yeah. Sure, sure. You know, <laughs> or we could just hold it if you want and let's just drive them to Netflix and go look it up. No, no,
0: no, no, no. They can pause oh, it okay. and come back to this. That
1: sounds great. Yeah. So Hans Skidmark was uh, the screenwriter and he was going through some difficult times in his own personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he, he was so successful as a screenwriter in his native Denmark that he had actually amassed a huge fortune. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was going through this messy, messy divorce and he had hidden his, uh, his assets in, a um, in, in like a, uh, protect uh, what do they call this in Switzerland uh, in a, a bank account a, oh yeah one of those bank accounts
0: <laughs> well the Swiss the Swiss term is bank account <laughs> Oh, we, so that's why yeah. you were a little bit yeah. confused but yeah. yeah I hear you
1: so yeah and so but he wanted to make sure that someone would get his riches even though he was hiding them from his wife right mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: so if you look closely into that remember it, the, the clues on the spacecraft yes yeah.
0: oh my gosh that's right he wanted to he didn't want to it was so hidden so well like all of his passwords all of the mm-hmm. the, the 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 combinations, he didn't want to forget it. So he put them in the film. And there's a very famous scene in the film. This is when... Tim Allen, the, the spacecraft is broken. He's got his tool belt on. I mean, he was yeah. early. Uh, and it's Tim really the funny the man. special
1: effects. If you look back at them, it's pretty funny what it, the way they tried to make space look. And they had like wild, like creatures floating in space with tentacles and stuff because they had no idea. They had no idea. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So Tim Allen with his tool belt, this is the early <laughs> Tim the Toolman. And now
1: you see where that came from. Yeah,
0: exactly. We're explaining a lot here. Mm-hmm. So he's off fixing the ship. And there he is um, at the dashboard. <laughs> that's, that's what they call it back then. They didn't know in the control panels, of oh, course the technical yeah. term now, <laughs> but it was dashboard termed in the movie and there's Tim Allen. Um, and you can see over his right shoulder. If you look really carefully, mm-hmm. there is it now that you, now that I'm going to say it, you're going to see it yeah. every time yeah. it Can't says it. Swiss bank account number. And right there it is. It be, let's say it together.
1: Yeah. Four, four two two. Three. Eight seven.
0: seven, yep, four two eight seven, and that was dash dash two
1: two. two, two. Four, Four, nine.
0: nine. I almost said five because I, I, because after the dash is the
1: final five. Uh, And that's that five at the end. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's, you know, and there was some sharp eyed viewers of this show that like after, so after the, uh, during these proceedings about his estate, he passed away before the film was released, but after it had been all written and all the screenwriting had been done. So. You know, no one knew how to get at his estate until right. some sharp-eyed fans.
0: Sharp-eyed fans uh caught it uh and uh published it now. So it continues because his ex-wife, uh, I think that's a really interesting part of the story. Yeah,
1: and she was just dogged about trying to get at that estate. And <clears throat> what she never realized is like the the last, you know, so because um Meryl Streep and Tim Allen this, mm-hmm. um, you know, they end up, spoiler, they end up mm-hmm. they end up continuing on their journey to a planet that they've heard about from one of these passing aliens, that mm-hmm. was a really hospitable planet. And they decided that they, that they had fallen in love, but they both had, uh, they both had families back um, on earth that would not have approved. And they needed to keep that a secret, that, that love yeah, a secret. The secret. And so and the final line right in the film
0: was the safest place for secret is the intergalactic
1: Vault. But see, what people don't realize is that was also a clue yeah. that Skidmark had put in yeah. so that people would know that they could find, right?
0: All of his asset information right there. And his ex-wife,
1: she refused to watch his films, right?
0: No, oh, she didn't want to see it. She didn't want to know anything to do with him. She was so bitter. She never saw it. And uh, she, um, she in the end, um, had really a, a horrific
1: demise. Yeah, it was funny because what happened at the very end is the one thing she did get out of the settlement was uh, she inherited. He had some um, three purebred Weimaraners, beautiful dogs, big dogs. Yeah. Yeah, sleepy dogs. Oh. Yes.
0: They, they're they big and gorgeous, but slept a lot. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's where beauty sleep comes from. And Absolutely. I mean, that's another proverb we can talk about and later. And she
1: just was so mad at him that she couldn't get his estate. And all she had with these darn dogs. Mm-hmm. Like that one day they were sleeping oh in their kennel. Oh boy. Right? And
0: two of them got up. Uh, of course, sleepwalking as dogs do. She had not heard if you wake a dog at sleepwalking, they will kill you instantly.
1: Especially a big farmer. And so she learned the, the hard way yeah. the problem. Proverb of let sleepwalking dogs lie. Let
0: sleeping walking dogs lie. And that's where that that proverb comes we are uncovering a lot of
1: proverbs here Peter. it's great yeah so she did never learn the secret Mm -hmm. that the safest place for secrets is in the intergalactic ball Mm -hmm. but she did learn the truth of let sleepwalking dogs lie
0: and just to say where did that fortune go as we all know tim allen has gotten that fortune and um he's 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 really really
1: parlayed it into a big because he kept on flipping houses buying more fixing them up
0: yeah flipping houses flipping cars uh Easy. flipping the bird and that's another uh, proverb that uh, you can learn
1: about you on can our le- show
0: yeah you can <laughs> we'd like to thank our awesome sponsors and supporters who are generous patrons to the comedic arts who's that you ask why it's our favorite folks at the boardman review workshop Brewing company and tilt think improv